Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for being with us. Beautiful day the Lord's given us. Thank you for showing up here in our parking lot. And for those of you who are joining via live stream, we welcome you as well. We invite you to worship with us this morning as we recognize the King of Kings this holiday season. Let's all stand together. We'll sing. Make a joyful noise together as Brother Ken comes to lead us. Let's sing together. Amen. As we're standing, we'll sing Joy to the World. We'll do two verses of that this morning. Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth. brother Ken let's remain standing for prayer this morning give me just a couple of seconds to go over three or four prayer requests with you please continue to lift up sister Patsy Gunner in prayer if you would she remains up in the hospital pray for brother Eddie he has gotten sick as well so please pray for them uh, pray if you would I'm going to give you two or three folks you names may not recognize uh, the pastor up at Temple Baptist in Mount Airy we've been to Temple several times his name is Zane Official. We've taken uh, young people up there for Greg Lentz and C.T. Townsend, a good preacher friend of ours. His mother passed away the day after Thanksgiving from COVID, and his father passed away last night from COVID. So please pray for Brother Zane Fischel, if you would. Uh, uh, Miss Nadine's sister is also in the hospital. Uh, uh, her name is Barbara Sturgill up in Mount Airy with flu. And then we found out about another pastor uh, from Lexman Baptist in Winston-Salem. His name is Eric Goff. He has COVID and really needs a touch of the Lord. Pray for him. Pray for Sister Chelsea as well, that God would certainly touch her. And let's go to the Lord in prayer for our services today. Father, in Jesus' name, we are coming to you this morning saying thank you for the opportunity that we have to assemble ourselves together today. Lord, thank you for those that are joining in via live stream. Lord, thank you for that technology that we have to come into people's homes. And for those that are with us this morning in our parking lot, again, we say thank you. But Lord, we've come for one reason and one reason only, and that is to worship the King, to celebrate the King of Kings. I pray that you would fill us with your presence today. Lord, I ask that you would speak through the singing, the, the, the preaching. May it all uplift that, that King of Kings, that one and only name, Jesus Christ. For these requests this morning, Lord, I pray a special touch upon them. Lord, we, we, we ask you to reach down your hand upon Sister Patsy, that you touch her. And Lord, for Chelsea, that you'd have that kidney ready. Lord, what a gift this holiday season that would be. Bless all that happens here today at SAGBC. God will thank you and will praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. Pray for these folks as they sing this morning. While walking down a memory lane, oh, not so long ago, Oh, Satan came right by my side, making me feel low. He 
brought up thoughts of hurt and pain when I had gone astray. He wanted to discourage me as I walked along my way. He said, you're undeserving, cause I know where you've been. I have a record of your life when you were bound by sin. I know your darkest secrets that you would never tell. What makes you think you don't deserve a place with me in hell? I heard the old accuser, and this was my reply. You're right for all the things I've done. I sure deserve to die. My righteousness is filthy rags. My goodness is unclean. There's only one thing I can say to what you said to me. It's under the blood, oh praise his dear name. I'm not what I used to be. My life has been changed, not shackled by sin and shame. It's already gone. I'm happy reminding him it's under the given me when I was born again. He washed my stained and sinful past and put new life within. No longer do I bear the mark that sin had brought my way. With happiness and peace of mind, praise God I now can say, it's under the blood, oh praise his dear name. Not what I used to be. My life has been changed. Now shackled by sin and shame, it's already gone. I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. by sin and shame it's already gone I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood not shackled by sin and shame it's already gone I'm happy reminding him it's under the the blood this morning say amen or toot your horn amen we're glad to see you that's great guys thank you so much appreciate that let me give you several announcements don't forget today uh we'll be the church will be hosting the drive-in shower for nick and lydia and baby josie that is from two to five here in the parking lot uh again it's a drive-through you don't have to get out of your car but we do have some goodies for you as you drive through keep that in mind if you would and then a reminder that weather permitting 
on December the 23rd. That's the Wednesday night before Christmas. We're going to have a very special Christmas service out here in our parking lot. Christmas carols, the Christmas story, uh, lots of things to celebrate the birth of the king. Again, that is weather permitting. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep you reminded of that. That's uh, a week from Wednesday. Hard to believe Christmas is a week and a half away, uh, but uh, we'll be celebrating on that 23rd. Then also a reminder, next Sunday uh, was to have been the 50th anniversary celebration for the Gunners. Uh, we'll keep you posted as to whether or not that's going to move forward given their current health issues. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And then a reminder also about tithing envelopes. If you haven't gotten yours, please see Brother Scott, Sister Teresa, and pick those up today because we don't want to rob you of the blessing of tithing next year. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Brother Ken's going to come get us a song to sing this morning. Amen. Let's do the windows of heaven this morning. That's, uh, I was going to say hymn number, but y'all don't have a hymn. So the windows of heaven, it's a bad habit, I guess. I'll be glad when I get back in that habit Amen. when we're all back in the building and everybody can hold a songbook again. Amen. What a blessing. The windows of heaven, we'll sing it one time through. The windows of heaven are open, the blessings are falling tonight. There's joy, joy, joy in my heart, since Jesus made everything right. I gave him my old tattered garment. You can be seated. Thank you so much for being here. I want to encourage you folks uh, to remain vigilant during this winter season with COVID. Uh, continue to take it seriously. I know it's been politicized. I get it. I understand it. But we also want to do all we can to be healthy. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have an SAGBC mask, we've still got a bunch of those. We want to get rid of them, give them out. See uh, uh, Miss Leanne right after service. We'll get you one. We're going to be looking this morning in the book of Matthew. If you want to turn your Bibles, go ahead and get that ready. Chapter number 2. And I want you to listen to the group as they sing this morning. This way and 
going home. Signs of the time reveal we don't have very long. But each one who stands upon this shore, waving goodbye as they rejoice, glory to God will leave here singing that same sweet song. I know how I made for the good grace of God. Amen. Matthew chapter number 2 this morning, if you would please. Thank you for being here. I, I say it often, but off, not often enough. Thank you to this crew who arrives a couple of hours early every Sunday morning to get everything set up for our outdoor services. Would you join me in saying thank you to them? I appreciate them so much getting everything ready. We could not do this without them, and I'm very grateful to their dedication to make this happen week after week. Uh, I'm thankful that we can do live stream, but if we can gather together outside in the parking lot, that's even better. Amen. Can't tell you the number of phone calls I have received, including this past week, wanting to buy this structure. People from all over Henry County, especially now that we have it lit up at night, have driven by and said, Preacher, when COVID is over, will you sell this? The answer is no. We will not sell this. Uh, we're going to keep using this uh, even beyond COVID. We'll have all kinds of outdoor singings and gatherings. Uh, so it, this, for everybody who has asked, it ain't for, it's like your salvation. It's not for sale. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, please. We're going to read the first 12 verses. A passage of Scripture that you know well and is, of course, shared typically every year at Christmas, although most believe, and I count myself as part of this, this, the events of Matthew 2 did not occur at Christmas, did not occur at the birth of the Christ child, but rather were likely some two years later. And of course, now that we presented the production we did last year, my mind always goes back to that reality of what we investigated together. Let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and note this clause, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. 
And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. I love verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Notice it says the young child, not the baby. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not depart, that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Let's read verse 12 again. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the significance of this holiday season. Lord, we recognize that this is a Christmas season like no other. But Lord, we also recognize this is a season that is set aside to remember the birth of the Christ child. And Lord, I'm thankful this morning that no pandemic, no COVID can stop the simple celebration that Jesus is born. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the preaching this morning. Use it to to draw men and women unto you and to strengthen us and draw us closer to you. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. People in society today define wisdom in many different ways. The Bible is a book filled with examples of what I think are indeed wise men and women. For example... You can look at the book of Genesis and you read about Enoch and you read about Noah. Two men who were wise enough to walk with God in their day when no one else would join them. Because of their faithfulness, because of their wisdom, they were both saved while those around them perished. And then I flip over a few pages and I read about the wisdom of Ruth. The Moabitess woman who turned to her mother-in-law after her mother-in-law had encouraged her to go back to the land of her people, an idolatrous nation. And Ruth 
turns to her mother-in-law in chapter 1, verse 16, and says, Entreat me not to leave thee, nor from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. Then I think of the wisdom of David, who as a young boy, sitting on a hillside, watching a flock of sheep, was wise enough to say, The Lord is my shepherd. Then I think of Martha, who was wise enough to entertain Jesus in her home. And I think of Mary, who was wise enough to sit at the feet of Jesus and, and, and soak up all the knowledge that she could. Then I think of Solomon, who according to 1 Kings chapter number 3, verse 11, was the wisest man alive. If you'll allow me one second to run a rabbit trail, uh, he might have been the wisest man alive, but he had a, a, a 500 wives, so he had a streak of stupid in him somewhere. Amen. Amen. Easy now, that's right. Preaching time. The Bible describes... These individuals as wise men who came to worship the Lord Jesus when he was but a child. When I was a third grade teacher many years ago, I distinctly remember teaching a unit that was referred to as career pathways. I remember passing out a little post-it note, a little slip of paper, and kicking off the unit by asking all of the third graders to tell me what they wanted to be when they grew up. What was their career choice? I was amazed. I had six or seven boys say they wanted to be a professional athlete. I had six or seven young girls who said they wanted to be a ballerina. I had some policemen. I had some firemen. But I didn't have anybody who said, I just want to be wise. I want to be smart. I have to tell you, when I was a child growing up, I, I recognized early on that God didn't give me great athletic ability, uh, so I never wanted to be a professional athlete. I recognized early on that God didn't give me a great singing voice. I never wanted to be a professional singer. When I was growing up, all I really ever wanted to be was smart. There was this little period of time in my early teen years uh, where I wanted to be James Bond. But other than that, I just wanted to... True story. I just wanted... That's right. I just wanted to be smart. Wanted to be wise. The reality is, folks... It was a great day in my life, a great day in my life when I discovered uh, the Scripture in Proverbs uh, chapter 9 which clearly states that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It was a great day in my life uh, when I realized uh, that wisdom, absence, the fear of God is not wisdom at all. Let me give it to you another way. The smartest person in the world who denies the existence of God ain't really that smart at all. I submit to you this morning 
that we need today more wise men and women who follow the biblical pattern of wisdom. I want to give you three or four things this morning that describe the modern wisdom of God's people. The modern wisdom of God's people. Number one, I want you to note with me that wise men and women approach the king. Wise men and women approach the king. We just read in verses 1 through 10 the story of these, quote, wise men as they made their journey to where the Christ child lay. You'll note in verse number 1 their occupation. Again, chapter 2, chapter 1, chapter 2, verse number 1 and 2 state very plainly that they were wise men coming from the east to Jerusalem. Wise men coming from the east to Jerusalem. To understand their occupation, we only have to dive a little bit deep to understand that they were in fact magi. That phrase, wise men, means that these individuals were magi. We don't know how many they were, we typically associate them as three because of the three gifts. Uh, there could have been two because we know it was plural, or there could have been 200. We have absolutely no idea how many they were, but we do know that they were magi, uh, which were skilled in philosophy, medicine, religion, and natural science. They were likely very skilled in astronomy. That was part of the gifts of the Magi. And as you watched last year, if you saw the production, countries from all over the world would pay the Magi to interpret things for them, to read the heavens. Magi very much were believed to be most of the wisest people on the planet were Magi. Let me just stop a second, and I sure hope you'll amen me. God give us today more Godly, wise people in every occupation we inhabit. Let me give it another way. We need godly doctors. We need godly accountants. We need godly teachers. We need, God knows we need godly lawyers. We need godly high school teachers. We need godly factory workers. We need godly child care workers. We need God's people in every walk of society today. This idea that we're supposed to be so removed from the world is not biblical. We're in the world. We're just not of the world. You won't find anywhere in your Bible that tells us uh, that we're not to inhabit society. We're to pierce society. We just don't become like society while we do it. Their occupation. Notice not, notice not only their occupation, but their origin. I will tell you candidly, that we do not know for 100% certainty where these men came from. Scripture doesn't tell us that, for it simply says that they came from the east. That means any area east of Jerusalem. However, what we do know is that most reputable Bible scholars believe that they likely came from the region known as Mesopotamia and most likely from the ancient area that we call Babylon. I'll remind you that Babylon had overtaken Jewish society 
The Babylonian Empire had swept in after the Assyrians to take over the ten southern tribes. That's when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were swept up. You read about it in the book of Daniel. And because of that, the Babylonians were well versed in the Jewish prophecy that a Christ child would be born. Because of that, uh, they are well versed in the scripture from Numbers chapter 24, uh, verse 17, which says, Thou shalt come a star out of Jacob, uh, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. So when that star appeared the day the Christ child was born, certainly these wise men from Babylon, these wise astronomers, these wise men would note heavenward and see the star, know the prophecy, and realize that indeed something incredible has happened. Aren't you glad this morning? That regardless of your walk in life, regardless of where you're from, regardless of what you've done, that there is still a God who will shine his spiritual star upward and allow you to see the beauty of his grace. Their occupation, their origin. But I also want you to note with me, I'm reading between the lines, but I know I'm right here, their obstacles. Again, we don't know how many men there were. We always see three because of the three gifts, but there could have been any number. Here's what I do know. Getting to Christ from Babylon, from Mesopotamia, was a path full of obstacles. You look at a topographical map, and you will quickly find that these men would spend months and months overcoming mountains walking through deserts, fording rivers, enduring hardships, uh, likely facing bandits, all so they could get to where Christ lay. These men doubtless spent months, some say up to two years, uh, getting from where they were to where the Christ child was. Uh, why would they do that? Uh, why would they sacrifice so much? Uh, why would they go through so many obstacles? Uh, the simple reality was uh, they knew that he was the Christ child and there was no obstacle too great that would stop them from getting to where he was. You hear me this morning. For every man and woman, boy and girl that comes to God, there'll be a few obstacles. I promise you, uh, the enemy will throw up some things uh, to try to keep you from getting to where God is. For some people, it's friends. It's family. Uh, it's that boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, it's that job. It may be all host of things uh, that keep you from getting to God. Uh, may I say to you this morning, uh, be like the wise men of 2,000 years ago. Uh, don't let any obstacle uh, that the enemy puts in front of you keep you from getting to God. Number one this morning, the wise men approached him as king. Secondly, the wise men adored him as king. The wise men adored him as king. In verse number 2, a fascinating conversation happens between Herod and these wise men. In fact, they look at Herod and say, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to note this last clause, worship him. The wise men don't sugarcoat it. 
They don't, they, don't, they don't try to make it feel good. They make it very plain that they are there for one reason and one reason only, to worship the child. When they find him, in verse number 11, Scripture says that they, some of the smartest, wealthiest men, get this, some of the smartest, wealthiest people on the planet, uh, they bow on their knees and they worship at the feet of the child. They are there to worship the Christ child. Hear me now. The illumination that these men had received was pretty small. They knew the prophecies. They saw the star, and that was enough for them to say, we're going to sacrifice everything and worship that child. Here we are some 2,000 years later. And we've been given an entire canon of Scripture. Uh, we've been given preaching from the Word of God. Uh, we've been given so much light. Uh, yet there are still so many today uh, who are incapable uh, of seeing Christ for who He really is. You hear me? Uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but every once in a while the choir needs a good message. Uh, he is more than just a teacher. Uh, he is more than just a leader. Uh, he is more than just a good man. Uh, he is more than just a godly man. Uh, he is the Christ, uh, the Messiah, the Christ crucified one, the buried one, the resurrected one, the soon coming one. He is worth our worship this morning. Anyone who doesn't understand that in my book and according to the biblical definition of wisdom is not wise. Psalm 126 says, The Lord hath done great things for us. If the Lord's done great things for you, church, we ought to be willing to worship Him. Amen? Wise men approach Him. Wise men and women still adore Him. And then wise, I love this, wise men and women still adorn Him. Still adorn Him. We read verse number 11 about the three gifts that are placed at the feet of the child. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We sing every year at the holiday, we three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar. I'm afraid sometimes because things become familiar to us, they lose their power. They lose their impact. We begin to take for granted. I want you to understand this morning that these gifts were no ordinary gifts. I'm not trying to be funny, but I want you to hear me. It wasn't like they brought a pack of pampers and a pacifier. Amen. This was not the typical baby shower. This was something uh, that was altogether different. Uh, for when these wise men placed at the feet of Christ uh, these three gifts, uh, there is no doubt uh, that his parents stepped back in absolute awe at the fact that gold, frankincense, uh, and myrrh had just been given to them. Why these gifts? What was special about these gifts? I'm glad you asked. Gold is a symbol for deity. 
It's a symbol for kingship and placing gold at the feet of Christ recognized his place as our potentate. That word potentate's a big biblical word. It just means he's not a king, he's the king. Gold has always been a symbol for kingship. And interestingly, as the family is about to flee to Egypt, they're going to need something to live on for the next couple of years. And gold sure fits that description. So as the king is placed at his feet, gold, what these wise men are saying is that we are wise, we are astronomers, we've got worldly wisdom, but we are ascribing to you, Christ, the kingship that you deserve. Can I say to you this morning, whether you're the poorest in the parking lot or the wealthiest person watching online, the one thing that we ought to all recognize is that he's not a king, he is the king. He's not a ruler, he is the ruler. He's not a lord, he's the lord. He's not one of many gods, he is the God. That's wisdom. And our gifts of gold spiritually say to him, you are the king. Not only did that gold ascribe him as potentate, but the frankincense ascribes to Jesus the fact that he's the priest. Gold says you're the potentate. Frankincense says you're the priest. What is frankincense? Well, just as you would imagine by the word, it is a type of incense. It was used by the Jews in the temple when sacrifices were made. The altar of incense there at the temple was always to be lit, always providing a sweet-smelling savor to the nostrils of God. Frankincense is a gummy substance from the resin of a tree, and when it burns, it releases a very sweet-smelling fragrance. And because of that, its primary function was to be burned by the priest. In other words, frankincense was only used by the priests. Well, if gold says Christ is our potentate, frankincense says Christ is our priest. Well, what's a priest? Well, scripturally, a priest is a go-between, a mediator. In the Old Testament, the only way the Jews could get to God was to go through the priest. They had to bring the right sacrifice. They had to hold the right rituals. They had to bring the right stuff. But then we fast forward to the New Testament. And the age of the law was over. And the age of grace was born. Why? Because on the cross of Calvary, Jesus said, Teta Telestii, it is finished. And what was a one-way highway became a super-duper whosoever will. May I say to you this morning, we don't have... We don't have a man for a priest. We don't have to go before some man who's a sinner like we are. We have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities who was not all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. read a story a few days ago that tickled my funny bone. You know, I don't 
chastise uh, other people, but I think you'll enjoy this. I don't chastise what they believe, but I think you'll enjoy this. A young boy gets on an urban bus that's full of people. He sits down beside of a Catholic priest. He'd never seen one before. And he recognizes uh, the fact that he has on the clerical collar. So he looks over at this priest who's reading a book and says, uh, Sir, I don't mean to be unkind, but why do you have your shirt on backwards? And the priest looks over at the young boy and says, Well, son, you must not understand. I'm a father. The little boy looks up at the priest and says, Well, my father doesn't wear his shirts backwards. And the priest uh, goes to reading his book again. And he taps him on the shoulder and said, Sir, I don't know if you heard me, but my father does not wear his shirt backwards. Why are you? The priest looks over at the young boy and says, Well, I'm a father of many. The boy thinks about that for a moment as he begins reading his book again. And he taps the priest on the shoulder and says, Sir, I don't mean to be unkind, but... My grandpa's got eight children and 17 grandchildren, and he doesn't wear his shirt on backwards. Getting a bit exacerbated, the Catholic priest looks at the young boy and says, Well, I'm a father of multitudes. And he goes back to reading his book. The little boy thinks about it a second and taps the priest on the shoulder and says, Sir, I don't mean to be unkind, but if you're the father of that many, maybe you ought to wear your britches on backwards. Amen. Yeah, I know I'm going to get nasty tweets about that. The 11th commandment is thou shalt not be offended with good, clean humor. You hear me this morning. I'm glad uh, that I don't have to go to another man to get to God. Uh, I'm glad uh, that I don't have to worry about uh, whether or not I have entrance uh, into his presence. Uh, when Christ uh, gave up the ghost, uh, when he hung on that cross of Calvary, uh, when he took the blood to the throne room uh, and God was satisfied, uh, that guaranteed my access, uh, that guaranteed my entrance. Uh, and now, uh, when I need to get to God, the throne room is open. Uh, I am welcome in his presence presence gold recognizes his position as potentate frankincense recognizes his position as our priest myrrh perhaps the strangest gift of all for a baby it recognizes his position as our propitiation that's a big old biblical word. It basically means uh, to satisfy God. But I want you to hear me. If you go today and you Google the word propitiation, you will get two definitions. One says uh, the act of appeasing a God or a spirit. But the second definition says, and I quote, atonement, especially the atonement of Jesus Christ. Would you hear me this morning? Myrrh was a strange gift to give a baby. Myrrh is basically the 21st century equivalent of embalming fluid. 
You see, there was no such thing as embalming in the days of Christ. And I don't want to be graphic, but I want you to understand that when a body dies, an immediate decaying process begins to happen. When the blood shuts down, or when the body shuts down and the blood stops flowing, decaying of that body sets in immediately. And again, pardon me for being graphic, but you understand that as a body decays, it begins to smell. You read in Scripture where the ladies, the day after crucifixion, are coming to anoint, the day after the bell, are coming to anoint the body of Christ with spices. Why? Because it was the custom to overray the body, to wrap the body, to rub the body in multitudes of spices to slow down or to stop that smelling process that naturally happens. Myrrh was the most commonly used fragrance to bury people. It was the fragrance that was used to anoint a body as it was being placed in a tomb. It would be, if you'll allow me, it would be the equivalent of, congratulations on the birth of your baby. I bought you some embalming fluid. Nobody would do that. Somebody would think you're out of your mind if you did that. But would you hear me? Myrrh was a reminder that this Christ child was born for one reason. And one reason only. Luke 19.10 describes uh, that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save uh, that which was lost. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, Paul writes, This is a faithful saying uh, and worthy of all acceptation uh, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Uh, gold says uh, he's the potentate. Uh, frankincense uh, says uh, he's the, peach, uh, the, the priest. Uh, Myrrh says uh, he's the propitiation uh, for our sins uh, because uh, thank God he was born but he was born to die that we might have life more abundantly. Let me say to you folks, if you're like me this morning, you don't have gold. I can almost guarantee you probably don't have frankincense and you don't have much myrrh laying around your house to present to the king. But you know what you do have? You got your time. You got your talents, you got your treasures, you got your abilities, you've got the gifts that God has given you. You might not be able to give gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but you can give to Him that which He has given you. You can love Him, you can labor for Him, you can adore Him. For you hear me, true worship is costly. I'm done with this thought this morning. Number one, wise people approach Him. Wise people adore him. Wise people adorn him, and finally, and we're done. Number four, wise people acknowledge him. Verse number 12, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. In other words, they didn't leave the same way they got there. Amen. 
God had miraculously appeared to them and said, you can't go back the way you came, for Herod has laid a trap. you got to leave a different way. May I say to you this morning that every one of us that come to know Christ, every one of us that meet that Christ child and recognize Him as King and accept Him as Lord of our lives, thank God that whosoever calleth on Him shall be saved. That means that we leave a different way than what we came. We come a sinner, but we leave a saint. We we come in sin, but we leave in grace. We come with our heads in shame because of who we are, but we leave with our heads held high because of who He is. When you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, you will leave a different way. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know it. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Aren't you glad this morning? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's a present tense. That means it's always occurring. Thank God He's not finished with us yet. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I submit to you that whether you are a school teacher, a factory worker, a policeman, a fireman, own your own business, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever you are, God give us wise people to serve Him. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. In the stillness of this moment, I want you to pray just as Solomon did that God would give you the biblical wisdom. We need it today more than ever. And if you're here today, or you're watching online and you've never experienced the new birth, may I say to you, He is as close as the whisper of His name. To become a Christian is the easiest thing you'll ever do. You admit you're a sinner. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess Him with your heart and your lips that He is the Lord of your life. Would you do that this moment? Brother Ken sings horse. Christians, you pray as Brother Ken sings. Have thine own, Have thine own way, way, Lord. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Say amen, toot your horns. Uh, you can be seated for five minutes if you would. Ushers, if you'll come help me this morning. Let's receive our Sunday morning offering. I know I say this week after week, but I am so grateful.
for how faithful you all have been in tithes and offerings. Uh, we sent out uh, this month uh, what has been our second largest mission offering ever uh, in the history of the church. Uh, the first one happened, uh, the largest happened a couple of months ago. It's pretty nice to be able to say even during the global pandemic, we are sending more dollars out for missionaries than ever before, and I appreciate your faithfulness. Father, thank you for this offering. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Bless us now in Christ's name. Amen. You can stand to your feet this morning. I like that song. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I always tell our choir we sing that every year at Christmas. You know why? It's our Christmas song because it says in a little town called Bethlehem. That makes it Christmas. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for your presence this morning. Thank you for the wonderful crowd that you've sent our way. Lord, help us to remind ourselves that it's not the presence but your presence at Christmas that makes it worthwhile. Bless now this church as we continue to labor for you in this community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, we'll see you Wednesday night, Lord willing.